Hi, I'm Rick. And I'm Ben. And this is Two Guys and a Movie. And this week, we're going to be talking about Godzilla vs. Kong. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so starting off, if you'll indulge me yet again. Yeah, fire away. I would like to start by discussing what was very easily my favorite part of the entire movie. Okay. And that was the very interstellar-esque teleport through the portal at Hollow Earth. And just that whole universe that was expanded in that scene. It was absolutely gorgeous. The creatures were insane. I I love what are they, the war bats. Which is like the yeah, first major think, thing that he fights, they're... like the the, yeah. the red and green. Those things were legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely that that portal through. They they called it into Hollow Earth, and uh, yeah, I thought that portal was really cool. I actually have a whole story about Hollow Earth. Um, okay, which is kind of funny. Uh, so I used to work at this place where it was just an animal feed store called Genesee Feeds. And I was bringing this lady her uh, her dog food the one day, and I gave I gave it to her. I put her in her car and everything. And she looks at me and goes, Do you know where the UFOs come from? And I go, No, I don't. I, I'd assume outer space. She goes, no, so actually at the North and the South Pole, I can't make this up. I, this actually happened to me. At the North <laughs> and the South Pole, there's about a 30-mile-wide hole. And in the hole, people live inside the Earth. And inside the Earth, the gravity works differently. So they, they kind of don't come out. But they have their, their like little spaceships, which look like UFOs, and they come up to the top. And they'll they'll be like up there, so that's that's what the UFOs are. They also have all these like little uh, little boardwalks, and they'll go out on the boardwalks and they'll just wave at us. And that's that's what the U.S. government's doing up there at the North Pole, and that is also what the Russians are doing at the North Pole. You see, the <laughs> Russians are trying to get these these very advanced people that live inside the Earth to turn against the U.S. And this this conversation went on for about. 20 minutes and i didn't know how to get out of it dude and it ended it ended with yeah i don't know why they don't teach this in schools i was just like yeah me neither (laughs) but there's apparently so there's apparently a whole book called the hollow earth and it's it's this guy's actual he claims it's his actual scientific um like uh expedition that he did inside earth and he thoroughly claims that there is these holes uh, at the North and South Pole that are 30 miles wide and you can go inside the Earth and the, the inside of the Earth is hollow. Um, you, you can look it up. Google it. Hollow Earth. It is considered su- pseudoscience by everyone that is actually um, part of the science community that is actually uh, like knows what they're talking about. Um, what, what's the word? Respectable. You know, yeah. everybody that's respectable. So, but I kid you not, when I started hearing in this movie that they were going into the hollow earth, I didn't, like, I couldn't get by that. <laughs> Just because, like, was... literally had this whole conversation for 20 minutes. Was she on the writing staff for this movie? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. I have no clue. 
Never saw that lady again in my life. Never saw her again. She said she'd be back next week. Never saw her. Maybe she was an alien. She was trying to tell you. She's trying to warn you. She came. She came out of the hole, and she's trying to warn you about the uh, the future. Yeah, she she probably like one of the lizard people that live in there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I just when I heard it, that's the only thing I could think of. But I do also like that um that they're drawing from other sources. Like they're actually drawing from another different like sci-fi source right there um they're probably a little bit more inspired by journey to the center of the earth yeah that's what i was thinking too so sorry about that little segue there i just that's just every time i hear about going into the earth that's that's all i think about this i loved that story thank you for telling that story oh yeah that conversation happened for about 20 minutes and then i never saw her again yeah the hollow earth is like like I thought it was insane as it was that they were going through a, a literal portal in a Godzilla movie. But then on top of it, the fact that the the world inside the hollow earth was like flipped. Right? Like Yeah, so you so you have land in, yeah, you have land in the sky and you have land on the ground and like it, the, the center point's a floating area. With freaking asteroids. Like <laughs> Yeah, that was a little weird. I didn't I didn't get that. <laughs> I mean, I understand why they're floating. I just didn't, like, I I didn't understand, like, were they supposed to signify something because they were, like, they were purple rocks. Like, were they supposed to signify something or were they just there to signify, like, look, this is where the gravity flips and it's... It kind of tied back into, as the the scene progressed, like, God, uh, sorry, King Kong found his battle axe of the old times and, Mm -hmm. uh very lord of the rings-esque kind of uh plot point yes. oh I, I do also want to just say i have not seen any of the other two godzilla movies and i have not seen kong skull island just just heads up so if that's gonna make me lost during this movie it, that that would explain a little bit well i yeah i would 100 percent say if you didn't watch any of the other godzilla films you might be a little lost in this one uh, just based off of how Godzilla became as powerful as he did, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll that we'll talk about that later when we talk about like Mecha Godzilla and stuff. Yeah. But um, Kong movies, I only saw like the first one, like the really really long Peter Jackson film. I did not watch Skull Island because I'm not the biggest King Kong fan. I personally am Team Godzilla. Absolutely, same here. So so I absolutely love the other Godzilla films. I think they were very well done. I love. That in the first movie they had like an all-star cast and Brian Cranston in there. You know, it, it also Brown. had like Aaron Taylor Johnson, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like it was a crazy good cast. And the first the first Godzilla film was like as a great standalone film. Uh, but yeah, I would say as far as like Godzilla's plot in the Kong movie would be kind of weird if you didn't have any build up to that. Yeah. So, um, and, and you know what? I just want to like also preface preface. Wow, I can't talk preface that with um that might be where some of my issues with this movie come from oh yeah right we'll 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 see so when you when you bring up your issues i I will kind of guide you based off of what i know of the other films but yeah the hollow earth like that just whole concept i'm really hoping that they continue moving forward with that and kind of expand that universe and you know um maybe introduce some new kaiju and and all that i really it was it was kind of cool to see where they're coming from because they're always coming from the earth somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. in all aspects. I mean, even if you look at movies outside of this one, I mean, even, uh, 
uh, Pacific Rim had them coming from like a, a tear in the Marianas Trench. Yeah. So they're always coming from somewhere. It's always like, but where? And I know originally uh, in Japan, the concept behind the kaiju came from. It was highly inspired by the the nukes going off in Japan mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what the radiation's going to do to the creatures in the area. And so now that we're kind of like getting away from that a little bit more, now that we kind of understand a little bit more about like how all of it actually affects things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to see a different idea and a different origin for where these beasts are coming from. I wouldn't go on a limb and say like all of them, but a lot of the creatures that Godzilla has to fight or Kong has to fight more than likely would come from this hollow earth. Even though I don't think hollow earth as a concept was mentioned in either of the other two Godzilla films. I could be wrong. I know they were talking about like before the movie came out, they said, look, well, we're, we're going to see how this does in the box office to determine whether or not we're going to make more films. And it absolutely demolished the box office. So there's no excuse for them to move forward with as many films as they want. Absolutely. And I'm very excited to watch all of them. Yeah. It killed the box office. It, it did a great job. Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm really excited to go see as many as I... I watched it on HBO Max. I wish I saw it in theaters. I feel like I would have liked it more in theaters. To me, this is one of those movies that... This is probably one of those movies for me that... when I, If I saw it in a theater, I would have loved it. But as soon as I bring it back to my TV, mm. I'm going to be like, hmm, that was okay. You know, like like how Avatar was. Oh, you, that's, that saw movie Ava- is almost unwatchable on a TV. Yeah, I saw Avatar three times in theaters because I was just blown away by by the huge spectacle of everything. And then I brought it to the TV and I was like, hmm, this is Dances with Wolves with blue people. <laughs> Literally, that's exactly what it was. Yep. No, I, I felt the same exact way about it. So, and that that's kind of how I feel with this. Like, this movie is, it, it had its moments, but it, the script the script was rough it wasn't the dialogue was clunky and i feel like the <laughs> care the the people were there just to give exposition and to give a reason why these two are gonna fight that's the only reason the people are there it nothing felt organic to me and the story that i was more interested in is the story they showed less of mm. like i don't care about kong i don't like i they were they made Kong seem like the good guy and they kept following Kong in that expedition and it's like that's not the one I'm interested in this doesn't intrigue me at all I want to know what's going on in the background over here for Godzilla and I felt that they spent less time over there than we did following Kong who also while I was like watching Kong I feel like the CGI is very hit and miss with him there, there were some moments where I was like, that looks really good. And then there's also like, huh. And I, I didn't feel that with Godzilla. I felt like Godzilla looked good all the time. And I think it has something to do with the fur of, of mm, Kong. Yeah. Like, fur is hard to animate. Very hard. Especially with all the different environments he was in. He was in mm-hmm. hot. He was in uh, snowy. He was in rain. The snow one was cool. The snow was really cool. Cause like his his uh his his fur was freezing and everything and I I was I thought that mm. was kind of cool, um but yeah I don't know I wish they focused more on the Godzilla storyline where they're 
there's this government conspiracy and they're going into it and they're they're like breaking into all these places it had more of a uh, spy thriller to it over there while this one had a lot to me a lackluster adventure film and trying to bring the two together it didn't work very well for me you, you needed to focus on one or the other and i felt like they wanted to focus more on kong mm. and if that's what you want to focus on focus on it i didn't find the kong storyline the intriguing part though i found the the godzilla one the more intriguing part so that everything you just talked about really kind of it, it's all it's in side of the big problem i had with the film um which is multi-layered, but I, w- I do agree that um, it because you haven't seen the other two Godzilla films, you probably felt it even more than I did because I have two films worth of Godzilla material of knowledge already going into this movie. So while for you, you were like, man, I, I want to see more Godzilla. It was like, well, I have I, leading up to this movie which is technically because of the way it was in the intro was the opening credits mm-hmm. the opening credit style that the movie was was how the godzilla films were open so i was like okay so they're admitting that this is a godzilla film right this is in the godzilla franchise yeah and they just threw king kong in there um so i i would see i see where you're coming from where it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you're like why are they focusing so much on kong but they're focusing so much on kong because what kong skull island shoot when did it come out um 2017 or 2018 one of those two so it came out in 2017 and then the so the the new godzilla Godzilla yeah godzilla king of all beasts did that come out in 2019 well yeah but that was the sequel to the one prior to that the first so they're the trying to make this more of a sequel to skull island then they're, they're trying what they were trying to do was they were they were trying to take both franchises which already had two films mm-hmm. of material and kind of blend them together well, well kong only had one film godzilla had two so godzilla definitely had the more backstory to it um i don't know i just feel like yes they're both monster they're both monster movies, but they have different atmospheres, and I don't know if that meshed well for me. No, I, I agree. If, if you go back and you watch King Kong and then you go watch Godzilla, very two very different concepts, very uh, different flavors, and very different monsters. Yeah. And, and I, I do agree that was probably one of the, the things that brought down the film the most was the fact that trying to mix those two plots you know, with the characters that each franchise brings really didn't go together very well. Those characters were, were brought to life and, and were like, a, you grew an attachment to them so well in the other Godzilla films. They just kind of felt empty in this movie. They felt very one dimensional. There wasn't a whole lot of connection that the audience could glean to these characters. I, I'm I very feel sad. Like that's, that's how all the human characters were. They were all very one dimensional. But that's why I'm very sad that you didn't watch the other Godzilla films because if you did, you at least at least have that pre-existing appreciation of them. But going into this movie, every every human was just like a side piece. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't really give anything to the story, and you really didn't grow attached to them. And I'll be honest with you, you know, the little girl 
was the only character that it seemed like the movie was trying to push you to care about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because she was the she's your mediator to Kong. She understands Kong better than anyone else. And I mean, I kind of cared about her. I wasn't like distraught or anything about her. Like I wasn't worried about her. Again, like like the whole Kong storyline just it just didn't click with me. It's it's probably just not my cup of tea, honestly. I thought the characters were annoying. I th- like how how do you not realize that these people are going to betray you? It's quite obvious that they're going to. You also know that company they work for, Apex, is I, I feel like everybody in this universe already has an understanding that Apex is not really like the best company out there. No, you're right. They don't. That's the that's the point. And yet they blindly trust these people because they have the machines to get them down there. And then as soon as their plot point's done, as soon as it's over, as soon as they get that the the energy, the the radiation energy or whatever they were looking for, the atomic energy, as soon as they get that copied and sent back to to the headquarters of Apex, they get in their thing and they die. <laughs> well, and you know the writers are like, okay, so their part of the story's done. What are we going to do? We don't know what to do with them. Uh, how about we kill them? I love it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now we don't have to worry about them again. Perfect. I kind of appreciate that moment because for the entirety of that film, what they were trying to do was humanize King Kong, right? Yes. And then that was the only moment up to that point where King Kong was just an animal. Yeah. Right? So, like, oh, okay. So that is, but it's too little too late. You know, you, you've already shown that even though it's technically a Godzilla film, I would say, and I will die on this hill and say it's a Godzilla film, you, you really pandered to the King Kong, not only the character, but also the crowd. Now, I would say that, I would go on a limb and say that I think people that, like, you know, just like I'm saying, Team Godzilla, right? I feel like Godzilla and King Kong, maybe if not for a large part, but for a decent part, kind of have two different fan bases right you've got mm-hmm. a you've got a, a side of people that are really passionate about the folklore and like just the history of godzilla you know goes back like decades right like for a l- very long time uh and then king kong also but not to that extent where you know there were all these films that that japan made about king kong i mean uh godzilla, godzilla. King kong is like you know it was like they made a movie about him a long time ago but that movie has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about now and I'll thoroughly disagree with you. This is not a Godzilla movie by any means. Godzilla is not the character in this movie. If you take the two characters, Godzilla and Kong, which one did the writers write in a way that they wanted to try to get you to root for them? And it is clearly King Kong. They clearly wrote that whole Kong storyline um, trying to get you to have an emotional connection with him while Godzilla is just swimming around and doing Godzilla things. Out of the main cast, I would thoroughly say that probably Millie Bobby Brown was my favorite out of everyone. But that doesn't mean she was a two-dimensional character. She was still one-dimensional. All the humans were one-dimensional in this movie. But I think I think her, her and Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Bernie Hayes, um... I think those two played the most three-dimensional people. 
Mm-hmm. Because even the little girl that you're supposed to care about, she's there for one reason. She doesn't have character growth or anything. Yeah. She's there to talk to Kong. Oh, it's really sad because, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to this movie, there was a lot of good a lot of good hype, you know, a lot of well deserved hype. And then the the movie, I think yeah. for the most part, didn't live up to that. No, um, no, no, let me let me let me get out of my negative state right now, okay? Because there are things about this movie I do like. <laughs> First off, special effects for the most part are incredible except for the few times where i'm like "Mm, kong looks bad there but again you can only do so much with animal fur it's probably really hard i still think they did a great job on it and the monster fights the the two king the two kong godzilla fights are incredible i really the boat one really got me because godzilla so clearly has an advantage in the water and to see how Kong actually would try to negate his advantage by jumping on jumping onto the different boats and trying to get him onto a boat, I thought that was that that was some good fight choreography there. I liked. I really enjoyed the second one because I just love watching how powerful Godzilla is mm-hmm. to a cityscape. Oh yeah, like just absolutely just destroys destroying everything, everything he touches absolutely that is a big focal point for me in a godzilla fight now i'm 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 not glad but i will take advantage of the fact that you watched this on a smaller screen than i did i went to go watch it in like the best you could ever watch it in uh i watched it in dolby digital oh did oh you didn't do imax though huh well the screen's the same size yeah i know so no it's a dolby dolby digital is a little smaller imax is Actually, are they the same size? I don't know. I will say, just from a like, kind of a, a picky uh, way to think about it, but the way a reason I really like going to Dolby is not only because of the the sheer sound quality you get. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not not knocking IMAX at all, but just the sheer sound quality you get, where everything you you, you feel every sound right. But also Dolby, their their projectors like have the darkest blacks in the industry right now for mainstream cinema. Yeah, so 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 here's the big difference between Dolby and IMAX. Dolby cinema projects projectors, um, they're better images with 500 times higher contrast ratios and four times more resolution than IMAX. On the other hand, IMAX uses 40% larger screens and 20 26% taller aspect ratios as compared to Dolby. So the IMAX is significantly larger. Don't get me wrong, I like my Dolby's too. But I wanted to see that in IMAX. I think I think the sheer scope of IMAX is one of those things that would have like really drove this home movie home for me. And I should have gone and seen it in the theater. I just didn't have the time to, so I had to watch it at home. No, I totally understandable. And I want to take advantage of the fact that you watched it on TV. So, yes. because of the fight scenes, right? Fight scenes were great. Not saying Absolutely. anything against the fight scenes. But I will say that in the movie theater, watching it on a big screen, you know, I was sitting in the front row. The fight, especially the second one in the city, a lot of the, the way the camera angles were and the choreography, there were some parts of the fight that just felt dizzying like you really couldn't focus on what was going on everything was just moving so fast and upside down left and right 
I want to see. Did you get that same feeling watching it on your TV? No, at I home? did. I the, there was one time I got disoriented, and that was when we first get into Hollow Earth, and they do that really cool swooping okay. shot of like the upper Earth and the bottom Earth, and you don't know which side you're on, and like that's the only time I got disoriented. Um, during the fights themselves, though, no, I could keep up. I could see everything that was happening. Uh, I, I thought the fights were incredible, and I'm gonna agree with you. The fight in the city's better. The creativity, though, for the fight on the boats, is impressed me. That that's what I was trying to say there. The fight in the city is by far the better fight between the two, because you you, you do get a whole sense of size and scope for these two characters. And that that's also something that that's something that kind of confused me a little bit was sometimes i feel like king kong was portrayed bigger and then sometimes i feel like they shrunk him down did you get Mm -hmm. that in theaters like sometimes i feel like i feel like king kong's aspect ratio kept like changing i can't say that i didn't notice that in theaters but i think that might be something that could be an advantage of watching it on a smaller screen as you noticed little things like that because when because when you're on a big screen and you got these mm-hmm. giant creatures all moving around so fast you're you're trying to keep up you know so I would say that maybe if if I go back and watch it again I'll watch it on a smaller screen and and try to see the differences I think that might be an advantage of watching it on a smaller screen at home is that there's less room for your eyes to move around so I, I'll definitely take a look at that. Well, according to the the like promotional material for the film they're supposed to be the same relatively yeah. the same size right like height wise and all that so that also didn't make any sense which whatever like that <laughs> that also didn't kind of i was like really like kong kong is as tall as godzilla like what yeah but you know no this is a small nitpick thing no that was just something that um, I, I i was sitting there going like wait how big is he really because like again i was just like hmm looked bigger in that scene than he did in the scene before so so keeping keeping this positive yes. energy going because before I before I get into my uh, complaints that I have, um, I will say so the Hollow Earth was my favorite part of the film. I think it was absolutely insane. Lots of good like um, sci-fi kind of references and influences there. Um, but my second favorite part of the film was the build up to the reveal yes. of Mecha Godzilla. Dude, let's mm-hmm. talk about that, right? From the very beginning of the film, Godzilla's like, where the hell is that radiation coming from? Right? Yeah, he, blows he, up knows, he knows shit's going down. Like, that was awesome. And I didn't realize it at first, but that, that it was a buildup to Godzilla. Well, which, you, there, there was that weird man. radiation. There was that weird core that, um, that uh, Brian Tyree Henry, his character, saw. Like that weird core right mm-hmm. there, and then they came back and it was gone, and then that's the core. That's Mechagodzilla's core right there. That's his heart. That's that's what he's powering through. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought like there was a certain part of the movie where it was shown that that thing that he saw in the wreckage of the Apex in Pensacola, that I thought that was Mechagodzilla's eye. The eye? I thought it was the core. Oh, okay. So Liz is next to me, and she she's saying that that piece that that character saw 
in in the wreckage was actually the piece in God in Mecha Godzilla's throat yeah. that creates the beam. Yeah, one of the cores. Okay. So that's that's what I was kind of talking about, like okay. core. Yeah, so that that really really nice, really nice, smart, um what do you call it? Like a premonition type like uh for foreshadow. That's what, that's what I was looking for. Like a foreshadowing of what is to come yeah. in the climax of the film. And I didn't pick up on that at all. I think they wasted Mechagodzilla in this movie. But I thought it was cool to see him. I hope they didn't. I hope that this is just like like that idea because the you know, the villain, the arcing overarching villain of Apex, yeah. like they're still around. So I hope something something happens like in the in the next future films where like they make something bigger mm-hmm. and badder, right? That'd be really cool. Mechagodzilla looked great in this movie. Um, love the concept of just like the the you know the human plugging in and because like I'm a huge fan of like uh, Neon Genesis mm-hmm. and Voltron and Power Rangers and all that stuff. I love all. Yeah, that they Japanese had to plug into uh, so, the Hydra like, skull, right? Yeah, that that was interesting because I liked I liked what they were saying there that they had to plug into the Hydra skull because there is telekinetic energy that comes off of it and that's how they operate Mecha Godzilla and I I thought that was a really cool explanation for what is actually happening here why are they using this instead of just like kind of throwing it away there there was the scientific in air quotes explanation for it because you know it's not real science but it works here i thought it worked really well here yeah 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 that was uh yeah. Ghidorah, right the three-headed uh yeah Ghidorah, not yeah. the hydra yeah oh Ghidorah. oh my god i not that makes me want to go back back and watch king of the monsters because Ghidorah was a badass dude that was such a good fight i gotta go watch the first two godzilla movies yeah, Ghidorah, that was, the I would say, the best fight I've ever seen for, like, mythological creatures fighting has to be Godzilla versus Ghidorah. That fight blew my mind, unlike anything else. Yeah, again, I gotta go watch those because I've been meaning to watch those two Godzilla movies. Um, I just, it's just never got and around you, to it. You will love them. They're so good. Cannot recommend them enough. Mecha Godzilla, man. Let's see, I really let's see hope more they of that. Didn't waste let's them. see more crazy, crazy fights and crazy technology and pseudo I liked their team up. I liked, I like liked Kong and I Godzilla's team up. I thought that worked really well, teaming up against well, Mecha Godzilla. Now, here, here's part of my problem to the Mecha Godzilla fight, though, is I feel like Godzilla could have beaten Mechagodzilla by himself. But the problem here is that he was already worn out from fighting Kong. Mm-hmm. And so... No, absolutely. Traditionally, Mechagodzilla is supposed to be an overmatch for Godzilla. So they've already come in, and they're like, okay, so Godzilla's too OP. we got to weaken him. And then he, and then Mechagodzilla comes out. We'll have those two fight. And then we finally see what has been happening the whole time. And then Kong comes in and helps out. And I, I thought the team up between Kong and Godzilla was really strong. I thought that was that was actually, again, one of the best fight scenes in there. I know that there's a lot of like the monster on monster fights, but 
to see those two team up in that way, I wasn't expecting that. I I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting Mecha Godzilla. I wasn't expecting those two to team up. I was honestly just expecting that last fight to be kind of like the climax. Yeah. Um, until I mean, obviously, we learned about Mecha Godzilla before that, but like going into the movie, that last fight between Kong and Godzilla is what I was really expecting to be the con- climax. Not having this whole another monster come in as well where they team up against mm-hmm. him so i heard you know rumors going into this that that mecha godzilla was going to be in it mm-hmm. right so i thought as soon as i walked in that movie theater i was like if if mecha godzilla is in this film i can i like i guarantee you what they're going to do is they're going to have the two monsters team up and fight him because um that's what Hollywood does. Absolutely. <laughs> yep, that's what happens in all versus movies. Just look at Batman versus Superman. There you go. They team up mm-hmm. at the end. So I would say that if if we do get to see a Mecha Godzilla again, I think that if you could have a legitimate fight, like a real like not like no one's tired, no one's beat up, no one's hurt, like fresh start Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. I think that would be an oh, amazing absolutely. fight to watch. And again, that's why I think that they wasted Mecha Godzilla here. I I think they were it kind of felt like they were also trying too hard and trying to make more out of this movie than it's supposed to be because again, just straight up advertising all people came here for was Godzilla versus Kong. We don't need a whole nother antagonist <laughs> yeah. in here. And I guess, I guess another part of my issue is the reason why Godzilla wants to fight Kong is because they're both Apexes and there can only be one. So, Mm -hmm. now before Kong Skull Island happened, before they built that dome to contain King Kong, what stopped Godzilla from going to Skull Island and kicking his ass there? They never, they didn't really explain it very well. Um, they said they basically just explained it away by saying, "Well, Godzilla's just looking for specific kind of radiation." Yeah. So how did he find them on the boat then, and know that that Kong was there? Because he went to the boat to fight Kong, and if he could sense Kong and knew Kong was there, he could have gone to Skull Island years ago, before anyone else even came and built that dome to shield Kong. I don't know. Maybe, maybe can you can you say that maybe that dome was like, well, the dome was constructed like, in, inhibiting that that signal that Godzilla would have yeah, had. Yeah, they explained to find that. King they said Kong. that that the dome's there to protect Kong from Godzilla, so that Godzilla doesn't come for Kong. Yeah, that dome was built to protect King Kong. So before that dome was built, what stopped Godzilla from going and fighting Kong? And that is a huge plot hole. That is probably the biggest plot hole I've noticed. They they don't explain it. They 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 probably I don't want to you know assume too much, but I feel like when they were going into making the franchises, right, the separate franchises, King Kong and and uh, Godzilla. I don't know. I can't say for certain, but it feels like they didn't have any intention of combining the two universes right i disagree with that so now that they were like hey let's do it 
let's hit well, well think about it right so let's say that they just came up with the idea right after they made the films i said all right so we got to have a fight between godzilla and king kong how do we make it connect and they they threw a bunch of things together and said well he's looking for this and then kong is in this thing it protects him from godzilla and we have to transport him here and then so it it almost seems like kind of lazy storytelling mm -hmm. and that's why i'm thinking that they didn't really intend on this mashup prior to the first and second Godzilla films. Now let, let me tell you why I, I think you're wrong there. Because when that first Godzilla movie came out, uh, after it, they did announce that this was going to be the start of a Monsters universe. And so they, they clearly have an idea of what they were trying to do. And they clearly knew that at some point, well, after the success of Kong Island, they knew that we're going to have these two go at it. I think it's it's really bad writing that they had to that Godzilla can sense the other apexes which it's Godzilla and Kong are the two apexes in this movie. Godzilla can sense them and Godzilla seeks them out because there can only be one. And they leave it at that. And that is why they built the dome. But Godzilla was doing his thing before you built your dome and so that that's that's the biggest plot hole that i i know that's the biggest plot hole i noticed it's lazy storytelling yeah they're, they're like oh no one's gonna think of that really <laughs> gotcha <laughs> <laughs> i will say i i have to check the numbers but i feel like just based off what i know about the films um that the Godzilla films did better in the box office than Kong Skull Island did. Oh, I think they did. So I'm, I'm a, so let's see. Um, so let's see. Five hundred sixty-six million Kong Skull Island. The new Godzilla, the 2014 Godzilla film, which was the one that was really kind of standalone but also kind of led into saying like hey we're gonna have him fight all these creatures that he fought in yep. the original godzilla films um so the first godzilla film that came out in 2014 made about as much as the kong skull island film that came out two years later um but godzilla king of the monsters surprisingly didn't do as well which i'm kind of surprised because of how well received the godzilla yeah. film was well, it was a change of director, too. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Because I know Gareth Edwards was supposed to direct a, a Godzilla trilogy. And yeah. he, he got yeah, the Godzilla yeah, right. film yeah, right. because he made his small indie film called Monsters. Um, where mm -hmm. he... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I remember just that. a small little one. Not many people have seen it. Monsters was a weird film. Yeah, it's, Monsters was a weird movie. Yeah, where, I, I didn't yeah, see it's it. the the one with um the two p the photographer trying to get his boss's kid back across the Mexican border, but they have mm -hmm. to go through the infected zone. And yeah, it was a it's a good movie, but yeah, I know he got the Godzilla one because of his monsters in that one, which is interesting because usually when a franchise changes up directors like that, oftentimes especially when it's a blockbuster film, right, where they've got a lot of money to spend. It usually doesn't end up as well, but they did really, really well yeah. with King of the Monsters. So, Well, I'm going to be honest with you. That's pretty much all I have for this film. Okay. All yeah, right. I, like, so. I don't have much else. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much all my opinions. <laughs> it really is all, all you can say about it, but I really want to get to my little rant 
that I really didn't have mm-hmm. about the film until it, until the, the climax and then the, the finale and all that, and then I was starting to piece everything together that I just watched. Yeah, go so for it. here we go. Maybe you can give some. Maybe we can. Maybe I can spark something. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I'll spark some some kind of reaction out of you by going into this. So here's my rant about the Godzilla versus Kong film. It really really centers on the end. Okay. So I would say the biggest disappointment I had in the entire movie was the end. And why the end? Because of the logic. The logic of the film itself did not match the ending of the film. The whole movie was a build up revolving around the Titans fighting for supremacy, right? Neither of them took prisoners in their respective films. Godzilla, Kong, both of them just rip and tore and destroyed, okay, to get what they wanted. For whatever, whether or not that they had any intention of, you know, making friends with the humans, which both of them eventually did, that's beside the point, okay? So Godzilla allowing King Kong to live at the end of the film, especially after kind of already killing him essentially was BS to me. And I'll concede, I'll concede that Kong did save Godzilla in the end by helping him fight Mechagodzilla. Okay. But with that idea, we have to naturally assume that these Titans have some kind of deep moral complex. Right. And I'm just concerned that this ending will set a dumb tone for the movies moving forward in the MonsterVerse, where everyone in the audience can leave happy. I'm really sick and tired of this participation trophy film writing that ha- that's happening now. And look, listen, you, you logically speaking, you as a Titan, don't spend millions of years on top of the evolutionary food chain by doling out favors <laughs> to people that, you know, help you out, right? So I get the little the little girl, right? It's not it's the second the second complaint I have is that little girl, right? The little girl was a great plot vehicle for King Kong's side of the story, which, as you mentioned earlier very well, that was kind of overarching the film, right? It really overshadowed uh, Millie Bobby Brown's perspective of being pro-Godzilla, which was built up in the prior two films. So even though a large portion of the movie was her, Bernie, and Josh digging into Apex cybernetics, when the climax of the film came, what was going on? It was all about... The little girl is sad. Save King Kong for the little girl. Oh my God, the little girl. And I was frustrated because technically it's a Godzilla film and they're not really giving out anything for the people that came to watch Godzilla. So as a visually exciting and entertaining film all around, that was really where it fell apart for me. Your thoughts. First off, kudos. Um, I was thoroughly entertained by that. (laughs) um and no i i i agree with you um i i from from what i noticed on the film okay so the reason that godzilla doesn't kill kong which don't get me wrong i think i think going through the actual story kong's probably dead kong should have died to be consistent with the story no definitely their reasoning behind it was a the movie studio likes kong because kong makes money and b the way that the writers wrote their way out of it was you can see it in kong's eye kong gives up and and admits i'm no longer the apex and godzilla's like that's right bitch and then he walks away (laughs) but that's but no i 100 percent 
agree with you godzilla going through the tone of the whole movie and everything building up to it godzilla would have actually killed kong um number two i'll disagree with you as i've already done i don't think it was a godzilla movie i think it was a kong movie because they they were putting all their money into building up this character of kong and you're following kong on his journey you didn't follow godzilla on his journey you followed kong on his um so that's that's the other reason they didn't want to kill kong was because they wanted him to be the main character and i think that's i think that's the biggest thing i agree with you i think uh millie bobby brown's character um deserves more love i can see a lot of potential in that character which is why i think i like it i see more potential in that character than i see the other ones um yeah what what else what else did i miss what did I, what did i miss in your rant to respond to um not much i mean we we already talked about apex and and um you know bernie and josh and and millie all digging into the the you know the secrets like kind of like finding all these little bits and pieces that end up tying into you know the mecha godzilla reveal at the end um yeah so i think i think he got it all no, i just that's had to fine. give that i, I enjoyed that like i i i really i i i wanted i i went into this movie like really excited like there's like i was ready for a really good movie and i i was and i was like you know it's two hours right so i i going into it i was like hey i it's gonna have great pacing right because they got to fit all this stuff in to two hours and they did that yeah, well they did. they did that very well i will say that they did pace it very well everything was didn't feel rushed i i'm not saying i want it longer i'm saying i think it could have been longer and it might have improved the movie for that but unless unless the writing or the character dynamic changes i probably would have shut it off and gone to bed yeah right I, I will say the uh, the hand sanitizer joke was yeah hilarious. it was pretty timely love that joke <laughs> I forgot uh, about it was, that it yeah. was really good um, this that whole scene where he's acting like he's mm-hmm. a schizo like paranoid freak freak uh, you know employee of this company just so he could plug in uh, you know that that USB that was oh, yeah. great I love that no scene. There, there's definitely high points on this in this movie I think the low points outweigh the high points though. Just because, just because you didn't—I don't know about you—but walking away from this film, I didn't no, feel satisfied. All. Right, like I was expecting uh, some kind of a resolution, and it was sort of a resolution, but it was like after all we had just gone through in the past two hours, where everything's kind of, in in a sense, except other than like Mechagodzilla, yeah. right? That whole arc, everything was kind of left how it started. Mm-hmm yeah right so that that was kind of where i was kind of disappointed where nothing really changed so um all right well that's so i'll if you want go ahead and give our ratings now yeah um for this movie so i've got my rating okay i'm gonna give it i'm I'm just going off the cuff here i'm gonna give it about okay 4.9 hand sanitizers out of 10 it's just it it it's mediocre to me it could have been so much more it's not a bad film it's not one of those films where i'm like oh this was terrible it's one of those films where it's a disappointment 
So yeah, four point nine out of ten. That's that's where you got me. Mediocre. Okay. Now I I am I am very curious to see what your rating would is gonna be. Um, when you go back and watch the other Godzilla films, and then maybe watch this after, to kind of get mm-hmm. the full scope. Um, you don't. I, I personally, I don't really think you'd have to go watch Skull Island. I didn't watch Skull Island, and I felt fine. Um, but I feel like with everything that we talked about and everything that I, I said, and I think the fights, the the fight sequences, and I think just the way that they had Godzilla in the film, and they really did a really great job with him as um, as a as a beast and then like the this the texture and this the cgi and everything was really awesome uh i would say i would give it i was not as harsh on it as as your uh i gave it i gave it seven okay. war bats out of ten not a great film see my my idea of a great film is like eight to ten just below eight it's oak it's it's a decent film i didn't hate it um but it could have done so much better but i will give it i will give it the benefit of the doubt in that it does open up more stuff for the future that potentially could be really good uh really exciting like i said the hollow earth the hollow earth scene really like did it for me so yeah seven yeah, more I, bats I can't, out of ten i can't get i can't buy into the hollow earth i had a bad experience <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't see see where, where your rating is that's a that's a replay for me like i'll watch that movie for fun and everything um, yeah, it just didn't hit that mark for me. I honestly, I'm gonna go watch the other Godzilla films eventually, when I get the chance. Yeah, but I mean, as of right now, this isn't on my to watch again guide. So, fair enough. Fair enough. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Two Guys and a Movie podcast. We will be back next week with another movie review. In the meantime, please follow our show, which is currently on Spotify, and listen notes. We are planning on getting it onto iTunes very soon as well. Uh, We hope you'll tune in next time. Have a great weekend.